0: hello guys just a quick note before the podcast starts this is an extremely long one it's close to two hours um just wanted to let you know this is a spoiler and spoiler free review for um this is us the first part of it i'm going to play the first trailer and do just a basic review for it um no spoilers in that at all And then the second half, after I play the second trailer, it's going to be a full review on the show. So if you have not seen This Is Us, I suggest that you jump off. I'm going to let you know when to jump off in the recording. Um, I'll let you know when to jump off. You just jump off there and then you can watch the show and then come back and listen to the rest later. All right. So enjoy. Thank you. Hello. Welcome to um, back to Kale's Watch and Tell, episode 27. Um, for today's episode, I will be reviewing seasons 1 and 2 of This Is Us. Because of the nature of the show, I am going to do things a little different. This episode will have spoilers. However, I will play the trailer for season 1 and do a spoiler-free basic review of the show For those who may have not seen it yet and they kind of need a push to go ahead and see it. Then I will play the season 2 trailer and do an in-depth review of the show for those who have seen it. uh, Or people who don't really care about spoilers and they just want to hear me talk about it. Um, For that part of the review, I won't do a beat by beat of the whole series. But I will talk about um, what happens with each of the characters and how it um, hit me personally. All right, so... We're going to go ahead and play the first trailer, and we'll be right back. Okay, I'm ready. Suits on? Yes, ma'am. Your birthday suits. Only one I've got. (laughs) How could you possibly want me right now? In any state, my wife, you arouse me. I bet I can make that go away. There's nothing you can save. My water just broke. Yep. Yeah. Six today you don't look 36 this is the biggest moment of your life now which one i'm just pregnant i'm sorry guys i need to cut kevin i know you care about the character i do care about say the line or find another job i found him my father he is looking good. You hear that, baby? We got a boy. That means <laughs> not right. Some oxygen for her, please. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, what's happening? Your wife okay. is in distress, yeah, Jack. 36 years ago, you left me at the front door of a fire station. Tell me to wake the hell up. Tell me to lose the damn weight. We lost the third baby, but you have two healthy children, Jack. quit screw you you want to meet your grandchildren there is not a single day that goes by that I don't think of a child I lost go see your babies they're excited to meet their father I think maybe they got a good one hi you want to be fat friends I can't fall for a fat person right now I guess I'll lose the weight then <laughs> <laughs> Go! Out okay, so that was the first trailer um, for season one of This Is Us. Um it is a very visual trailer so if you have not actually watched the trailer and I have the links for the trailer in the show notes or you know in the notes for the um podcast so if you have not watched the trailer I recommend you do there's a lot of like they put words on the screen and stuff so it's very visual um to kind of tie it together what the whole story is so I would suggest you go ahead and watch that trailer as well All right so, again, let's see here. Now, this show was released by 20th Network on NBC. I binged it on Hulu, but I'm pretty sure you can find it on NBC.com. Right now on Hulu, it's still available to watch both seasons, all the episodes. So, if you want to go ahead and binge that, I suggest if you have Hulu, you can just go ahead and binge that on Hulu. I'm not sure if it's on Netflix, though. Um, This show started... On it was premiered on September twentieth, twenty sixteen, and it is a returning series. It does have two seasons and thirty six episodes, so total thirty six episodes within two seasons right now. Um, It was created by Dan Fogelman, who also did The Neighbors, which I really enjoyed, and they canceled. Gallivant, I really enjoyed, and they canceled. And Pitch, I didn't see that, but I think they canceled it. (laughs) Um, He also was a writer on films such as the Car series. Bolt, Tangled, Crazy Stupid Love, and Life Itself. So if you like any of those projects or any of those um, those films or TV shows, um, you'll really like this. I'm going to just say right now, I really like this show. I really, really do. Um, Dan Fogelman is a producer and there's a bunch of other people who are producers. The Rotten Tomatoes audience, uh, the Rotten Tomatoes score for this show, um, for season one, the critics and audience score is a 90%. For season two, the critic score went up to 91%, but the audience score went down to 79%. I'm not sure what the difference was. Um, I'm trying to think. Did I like season two better than I like season one? Season one was... I guess better because of all of the twists and turns in it take, but I really did enjoy season two. So I'm not sure why the score went down, but I thought both seasons were spectacular. Um, the cast for the show, you have Milo Ventimiglia as Jack's, Jack Pearson and Rebecca's husband. And you might know him from um, Heroes. That's the only thing I really know him from was Heroes. He was like the main hero in Heroes. Um, you have Mandy Moore who plays Rebecca Pearson or Jack's wife. And um, Mandy Moore, of course, she was a pop star sing- singer back in the 90s. And she started acting, I think, around about that time, too. I, I don't think I've ever actually watched anything with Mandy Moore in it until now. And I have to say, she did very well in her role. Like, I, re- I, I didn't know she can act so well. I really enjoyed her. Um, And uh, as you see in the trailer, Jack and Rebecca, she's pregnant with uh, triplets, and she goes into labor, and um, one of the baby dies. So that's basically their story as far as you see in the trailer. We have Sterling K. Brown, who plays Randall, and he's um, a guy, I guess he, he... In the trailer, they say that how he was abandoned and he found his his father. He's married. He has kids. Um, You have Chrissy Metz, who plays Kate. She's a full-figured woman, and she struggles with um, that from day to day. You have Justin Hartley as Kevin. He's an actor. He's not really happy in his current situation, and as you see in the trailer, he quits his job. So really all of that stuff there that I just told you has was revealed in the first episode. That was all for the trailer is all first episode stuff. So um, it's not really any spoilers or anything like that. All that I just told you is in the trailer. So you'll get all that. You also have Susan Kelechi Watson as Beth for Randall's wife. Breakout star to me. I absolutely love her. I've never seen her anything before, but she has a natural talent for acting. Um, She's the mother of their kids, Tess and Annie. You have Chris Sullivan as Toby Damon, um, Ron Cepheus Jones as William H. Shakespeare Hill, and John Huertas as Miguel Rivera's or Jack's Best Friend. Um, William is... Ron Cepheus Jones, um, who plays William, is... um, Sterling K. Brown's father who abandoned him and excuse me <coughs> and um Chris Sullivan, who plays Toby, is um this guy that Kate meets in support group for or fat support group or whatever. I don't know what they call it, but that is the main characters. The basic, basic, basic wiki plot on here is the series, the series follows the lives of Kevin, Kate, Randall, and Jack. I'm sorry. Kevin, Kate, Randall, Jack, and Rebecca Pearson. It takes place in the present and using flashbacks at various times in the past. So that's all I'm really going to say. You know, I told you, you know, the basic plot lines or the basic, you know, who these people are at the beginning. But... That's all I'm going to say, because this show does do a thing where it relies on reveals. And so I can't really tell you too much about it without revealing some of the major plot lines and the way they reveal it. It's very emotional. So it's something that you want to experience rather than being told Um, my spoiler free reaction for the show. Absolutely love it. Um, This show is an absolute chair-jerker. I think I've maybe cried every episode. There was a reason to cry in every freaking episode. I don't know if it's because I was super emotional or whatever, but this show is like therapy almost. It's really, really good. Um, I didn't know. I really didn't know what it was going to be when I first watched it. I just knew it was like the most emotional show on TV, but I thought it was going to be something else because of the way it starts off. And you know what, I'm going to go ahead and tell you, let me read this. They have this quote at the very beginning of the show. And it says, this is a fact. According to Wikipedia, the average human being shares his or her birthday with over 18 million other human beings. There's no evidence that sharing the same birthday creates any type of behavioral link between those people. If there is, Wikipedia hasn't discovered it for, discovered it for us yet. And so that's I was thinking it was going to be some kind of like like the movie crash where you have all these people leading these different lives and they come together at the end. It's not that it's absolutely not that it's something so much better. So I, um, I do implore you to watch it. The show I believe the show is written very, very well. I really like the way it's written, the way it goes back and forth. I, I just really love it. Um, the relationship between Jack and Rebecca as well as Randall and Beth, the married couples, they, it, they both seem very natural. It's like you feel like these people are actually married in real life, how natural their, their relationship seem, their love. I mean, it's very beautiful. They p- pick the perfect actors and the perfect perfect muse. I don't know what it is, but they just look like they belong together. I really have nothing bad to say about the show. The show is a very well written acted directed show. It is um, very very good. Just to let you know how good this show is, I'm gonna go ahead and tell you a little bit of the awards they won and'm this is not even all the awards this is just some of the awards. They got the American I'm sorry the African American Critics Association Award for the top 10 TV shows. the American Film Institute Award for TV program of the Year. The Critics' Choice Award for Most Exciting New Series. They got an Emmy and an NAACP Image Award for Outstanding Lead Actor in a Drama Series, a.k.a. Sterling Brown. Um, MTV Movie and TV Awards for Tear Jerker. People Choice Award for Favorite New TV Drama. And a Golden Globe for Best Actor, Sterling K. Brown. So these are just some of the um, awards that they received. They've been nominated for like at least twice as many of that. So, I mean, it's a very good show. If you have not watched it, like me, you were just sitting around, you thought it was going to be something totally different, just watch it. Just watch it, and you'll see for yourself how great it is. Um, the show, after season one, the show was renewed for seasons two and three, so we know we get into season three. There's no date yet for season three, but you can expect it in September. Seasons one and season two dropped around the end of September, so you can expect it around the same time. Um, I haven't really looked into any kind of spoilers or, you know, any kind of behind the scenes type thing. So I'm not sure where it's going at this point, but they do at the in the season finale for season two, they do allude to some things where you kinda like, Oh, what's going on? Like it's it's kind of a cliffhanger. It is but it isn't. It's not a cliffhanger to where Something happens and you're just holding your breath is a cliffhanger to where they kind of flash forward to stuff that's happening in the future and you kind of want to see how they get there. So it's really good. It's a really good show. Um, my rating for this, this is for the people that spin been jump off. My rating for this is us. This, this is us. It's about a five out of five. Um, if you haven't already, go check it out. Um, it's very, very good. It's well worth your time. All right, so what I'm going to do now, if you have not seen the show and you want to go ahead and watch it, you can go ahead and jump off now. But for those people that have seen the show and they want to listen to an in-depth review of it, just stay now. I'm going to go ahead and play the second trailer. It's a different type of trailer, um, but uh, I really liked it, so I'm going to go ahead and play that one. Um Thank you, everybody that was listening and you want to go leave and go watch the show now. Go ahead and do that. The rest of the people just stay for a couple minutes. Let me go ahead and play the trailer and we'll come back to it. OK. You're the only good thing in my life, Kev. not that great. Come on. That's what makes it worse. <laughs> I'm going to lose the damn weight. Last year, one show connected with audiences like none other. To me, you are every part my son. I love our life. The first look at This Is Us became the most watched TV trailer in the history of Facebook. What a show that was! Riding a wave of unprecedented online support, This Is Us quickly became the fall's number one new show. Inspired by the overwhelming response, we invited some of our fans to share their stories and to give them a little surprise. When I watch This Is Us, I watch it every single week. It is literally the highlight of my week. I know I'm going to cry. I know I'm going to learn something more about myself and my family. I come from a family of five, single mother, and never knew who my dad was. But recently, I took a DNA test, found out the name of my biological father. This is while we were watching this show. Hey, yes. Who the hell is My up? name is Randall Teasing. I'm your biological son. The exact words that he said were the exact things I wanted to say to my father. You see, I turned out pretty all right. I didn't need a thing from you. You want to come in? Okay. How well, he responded, seeing his, his journey, his bonding with his father and stuff like that, Um, it's kind of a therapy. (laughs) Most times you see women who are overweight, they're the comedic butt of the joke, but you never see a three-dimensional character of a person like Kate gets the guy. There's this moment where she just feels like she doesn't fit in. I've been in those situations. There are millions of other women out there who watch this show that I know appreciate this character so much for exploring those subtle insecurities that are so very real. Jack, You know, would would hold Randall. He would say, just breathe. Breathe with me. To see that on TV, it's not something you see a lot when it comes to anxiety. So, yeah, that was, that hit me hard. You know it's coming. Just breathe. Mm -hmm. You know, with my mother, it wasn't breathe. It was love you. But it's okay. to go. It just came off of the screen as if it was my dad I was saying goodbye to in the same way that Randall was saying goodbye to his dad. It's these powerful moments that are just real. They feel very real. My mom was going through so much of what Rebecca was going through. Identity crisis, hurt, the father figure not being there. So what she did was a lot of what my mom did. She kept the bad guys out. It does a lot to a good person. It does a lot. Thank you so much. Thank you for showing the story of my mom. Thank you for being the catapult of the great figure of your family. Yes, quick. yes. <gasps> How are you? Oh, my God. <laughs> this is not. <nothing. laughs> what an incredibly inspiring man you are. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you. Oh, my God. <laughs> Okay, cool. It was just, but it's kind of uneven. Should we add somebody else? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You guys want me to hang out, too? <gasps> ah! <laughs> Thank you. Oh, my gosh. Oh. Thank you for sharing. I named oh. my daughter after you. She... What? Yeah, that's Kate. <laughs> oh, guys. Oh, oh. Holy crap. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much. <laughs> we are as moved and inspired by our fans as they seem to be by our show. It's bringing people together in ways that I don't think any show ever has. Okay, so that second season trailer was a little different. They didn't really show scenes what's coming up for the second season, but they kind of went back to the reaction of, um, or the audience reactions to the first season. And I really, really like that. I mean, even the trailer. I mean, that video right there just almost had me crying because it's very emotional. (laughs) But I love seeing how real people reacted to what was going on in the show. Like the one person said, it's kind of like therapy. It kind of really is. It's kind of really like therapy because a lot of the stuff that the people, the characters go through is stuff that people go through in real life and they never really see it portrayed on television the way that this show has. Um so I thought it was really really good. I, I mean I really really enjoyed the way that they handled certain topics on this show. All right, so as far as my in-depth review, the way I'm going to do this, I'm going to kind of talk about the first episode and then I'm going to go through the main characters, Kevin Cade, um Randall and Jessica and and I'm sorry, sorry. Jack and Rebecca. Um, go through them, and then talk about the final episode. Um, like I said, it's not really in-depth. I'm just going to hit certain plot points, certain, you know, characters and what's going on with them, and, you know, how how their problems kind of relate. So um, let's go ahead and get started. Okay, so like I said, the first episode... Pops up with that uh, fact or whatever like that. Wikipedia. I'll read it again. This is a fact. According to Wikipedia, the average human being shares his or her birthday with over 18 million other human beings. There's no evidence that sharing the same birthday creates any type of behavioral link between those people. If there is, Wikipedia hasn't discovered for it, yes. discovered it for us yet. And they kind of picked out this and the word is and then us. And they kind of brought them together. and It's like, oh, this is us. So, yeah. And I was like, okay, okay, what is this show? Um, Like I said, this made me think that the show was something that it wasn't, but it turned out to be something so much better than what I thought it would be. Um, we first meet Rebecca and Jack, and it's Jack's birthday, and she goes into labor with triplets, and that's basically the first scene of the show. Like, you know, she's doing that little birthday dance, and he's trying to get some, and she's like, oh, my water just broke, and then she, I, they cut it off from there. Next, we meet Kate. I'm just going to talk about Kate right now. Uh, for Kate, she, you know, you see, she's a big girl who's struggling with her weight. They do this thing where she, um. She goes to weigh herself, but she takes off all of her clothes except for, like, her underwear and her earrings and everything like that to go weigh herself because she wants to see how much she weighs. They showed her, like, looking at her birthday cake. Oh, I'm sorry. Um, The first scene with Jack and Rebecca, it's his birthday. It's his 36th birthday. So you see Kate go to the refrigerator, and she looks at this cake, this birthday cake, and it says, happy birthday, happy 36th birthday, Kate. So it's Kate's 36th birthday as well. Um... But she goes away herself and she falls off her scale and like twists her ankle or something like that. Um, we later find out she's in this support group for people who have ish, um have troubles, you know, taking the weight off or keeping the weight off or whatever. And um, we meet Toby in this episode, episode one. We meet Toby and this is a guy who kind of hits on her. Now, let me just tell you, Kate's a big girl, but Kate is extremely beautiful. She is very 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 pretty. And Toby, he has the cutest eyes I have ever seen on anybody. Like he kind of has like eyelashes and I think his eyes are like blue. It's so cute. I love Toby. And he's funny. He's funny to boot. So, you know, that makes him like worlds more attractive. Um but they he meet she meets um Toby and the support group and he's like hitting on her. And she's like, I can't date a fat person right now. So he's like, okay, I'll lose the weight. And that kind of is the start of their relationship there. Um, Most of, I would say season one deals with her dealing with her weight issues. Um, As we go forward, and I think in season two, they kind of get into more issues that has to deal with her and her dad. And I'll get into that later. But in the first episode, um I don't even think her dad comes up. It's all just basically about her dealing with her weight issues. All right, the next person and the next main character we see is Randall. Um, Randall, he's sitting at his desk looking at like spreadsheets and crap, and it seems like he got a boring job. His uh his coworkers bust in with the birthday cake, and it's also Randall's 36th birthday. Um, we also meet his wife, Beth, and his two daughters. His two daughters play soccer. One of them's like French braid in the kid's hair in the middle of the field, and the other one's like kicking ass on the field. So, um, you know, they have two beautiful daughters. The family is super adorable. Um, we find out that Randall is adopted, and he finds his dad. He's been searching. He hired a private investigator. He's been searching for his dad, but he finds his dad that left him at the fire station as a baby. Um, as you've seen in the trailer and also, of course, you saw the show, he confronts his dad and winds up inviting him home. Like he goes and meets his dad and he's like, you know, I'm a big shot. I brought that car out there. You know, I make a lot of money and I'm smart and I'm married and I have kids and fuck you for leaving me at the fire station and blah, blah, blah. And the dad kind of goes into, um, William goes into this thing where he's like, you know, I was high. Your mother died. You know, I couldn't, you know, I couldn't raise you and all this. He's like, so the only thing I could do was drop you off and hopefully that you get with this family that be able to raise you. And, you know, this storyline kind of hit me a little bit more because like I grew up um, without my dad. Um, him and my mom got divorced when I was around about two or three years old. So I didn't even remember him like, and I didn't have any pictures of him or anything like that. So for me, he could have been any random dude walking on the street. And I will say about, huh, let's see here. About seven years ago, I finally, um, he found me on Facebook and we finally met like seven years ago. Well, I finally met him. Cause he of course he's met me and I, of course I've met him, but I didn't remember him. But we finally met up. And um it was it was cool. Like I didn't have any um I didn't have any like feelings of uh what what am I trying to say? I didn't I wasn't like mad at him for not being in my life or anything like that. But I kind of wasn't really overjoyed. But like, you know, it was kinda it was kind of different. It's something like I kind of dreamt about my whole life, and you know, been looking for my whole life, and it kind of happened. And um, Randall's whole whole journey with that, which I'll talk about more about later, his whole journey with that, um, it was, it was, it was. I would say it was, um, it was amazing. I, I mean, I really, I, it was kind of bittersweet because of what happened. But, I mean, I really I really enjoyed how they wrote that. I'm just going to put it like that. I'll talk more about it when I get into um, the in-depth Randall um, section. But um, he confronts them and he winds up bringing his dad home to meet his family. Um, they do this thing where later on they're talking about um, um, Randall's adoptive parents. And um, William is holding up a picture. He's like, oh, these are your parents. And he was like, yeah, but we don't get to see the picture. So at that point, I was like, "Mm, something's up. We don't get to see the picture. But um, he talks about him and he says how a fireman took him to the hospital the day his dad abandoned him. And his parents said that he was meant to be a part of their family. And that gave another little hint because they're jumping back and forth between you know everybody's story and so you're getting a little bit here a little bit here and a little bit here and so as it winds to the end of this first episode you kind of know what's going on but you don't really know what's going on unless I was just being like dismissive until like the very end because it was the end of the episode that got me caught on the show it was the very end of the episode that got me caught so um we find out. I think at that point, um, Randall asks him about staying over, and we find out where Williams dying. Like he is, got cancer. It's not like the early stage of cancer. It's not the middle stage. Like he's at the end of his life, and so. But at, what he asks, Randall asks William to stay with them anyway, and that's kind of where we leave their story in the first episode. Um, then um, we meet Kevin. Kevin, he's kind of one of those like. <sighs> Those typical Hollywood actors. Um, he's not. He's acting in this like crappy sitcom that he's not really enjoying. He doesn't really like, but you know he's doing it for I guess money or whatever. Like he feel like that's his only option. Um, when Kate falls off of the scale. Oh, also it's Kevin's thirty sixth birthday. <laughs> when Kate falls off the scale. Um, she calls Kevin, and Kevin comes to help her, you know, help her out, and we find out that they're twins. Um, so it was like, oh, okay, they're twins. Hmm, hmm, that seems like something else is going on here. So they kind of drop that little breadcrumb. We find out that they're twins. Again, like I said, he's the star of this crappy sitcom called The Manny, which he hates. Is basically he walks around with his shirt off, and he's like this dumb um, nanny for this baby where he, you know, Everything is like really dumb. Like it's not a good sitcom. Like they keep bringing it up. Everybody else talk about it. Like it's not a good sitcom, but it's funny, and you know a lot of people like it. Um, they have this thing where he has this really good scene with Alan Rickman or Alan Thick, Alan Thick, right? Yeah, Alan Thick. Um, he has this really good, like heartfelt, like really well acted scene, and they shoot it, and everybody's like, oh great it's great it's great and then his director comes over he's like that was awesome but we need you to take your shirt off and do a lighter version and that's when Kevin kind of freaks out and he's like you know what I'm done I'm not doing this anymore and he like kind of freaks out like a do a whole TMZ uh world star uh you know viral video freak out on the set and quits the show he ends up at Kate's house while she um yo know, Kate went on a date with Toby in the first episode and they ended up back at Kate's apartment, and Kevin winds up there, too. So um, that is the Kevin story right there in a nutshell in the first episode. All right, back to Jack and Rebecca. They're at the hospital. Um, they have this super cool doctor. He has great bedside manner. Um, he's funny. He, You know, he's good at calming them down. He seems like a super awesome, great doctor. We find out that Rebecca is high-risk, and she's having the triplets. The doctor informs them that they're at risk at losing a child because of the fact that, you know, the way the babies are positioned and high-risk, but Jack is like, no, no, it's my birthday. Nothing bad happens on my birthday. We're walking out here with three babies. I don't even want you to get in your head that we're going to lose a child. It's over. We're having three kids, and, you know, everything's going to be fine. And so she starts to... You know they do it where she's pushing the babies out, and they push out. She pushes out the first boy, and then she starts to lose conscience. So the doctor's like, "Okay, Jack, get out of here. We got to get the rest of these babies out. Just go. We'll handle it." Uh, so Jack is sitting in the waiting room, and he's kind of waiting to see what's going to happen. And we see um, the doc comes out. He was like, "Okay, you know Rebecca's fine." Um, your second baby came out. It was a girl, but you lost a third boy. And, you know, Jack, he can't really, um, wrap his head around it. He can't really comprehend because he's like, this is my birthday. Nothing bad is supposed to happen on my birthday. Um, doc tells, the doctor tells, uh, Jack this story about when he lost his first child. And he said how like the kids always with them is always in his heart or whatever like that. And he utters this phrase where he say, um, you know, you're going to learn a lesson. You're going to take the sourest lemon that life had to offer and make something resembling lemonade. And he tells him, if you do that, you'll be walking out of here with three babies, just not the way you planned. Now, he says that in a metaphorical manner. Like, you know, you're still going to have the one baby in your heart, but you'll have the other two babies as physical babies that you can take home. Um, then, like the, the last, like, the last real scene or whatever They have Kate talking to Kevin because Kevin's like, I don't know what I'm going to do. I quit the show and blah, blah, blah. And so she's like kind of comforting him and stuff like that. And she goes, oh, do you remember that phrase that dad used to always tell us? And then we see like Jack, he's standing there, and he's looking at his two babies. And this fireman walks up, and the fireman was like, oh, which one's yours? And Jack's like, oh, those two right there. And he asked the fireman, he was like, Oh, which one is yours? He's like, oh, I didn't have a baby. Somebody left the baby at the fire station and, you know, I just brought him here. I didn't know what to do. And he points to him and there's a little black baby sitting next to, you know, sitting, you know, in the crib next to Jack's two babies. And they kind of do this thing where they pan out the scene. And you see that Jack and Rebecca's story is, like, from the 70s. And then G- Kate says that, you know, you turn, she says that phrase, oh, you know what Dad always said, you took the soures, take the sour's lemons life had to offer and make something resembling lemonade. So then you find out that Kate, Kevin, and Randall are the three kids of Jack and Rebecca, and they're called the big three. And that is the first episode and when I saw that I was like oh my god like I wasn't expecting that because throughout the whole Jack and Rebecca scenes they don't really give off a time period like they're in their house or whatever like that and you can't really see like the furniture and everything like that uh Rebecca's clothes maybe seem like they could be a little outdated but they don't really You know, you don't spend enough time in that to know that. And then when they get to the hospital, she's in a gown, he's in a gown. And they kind of do these real tight shots of everything. And it's not until that last scene where they pan out the camera. and You see like the old school TVs and people got on like bell bottoms and, you know, the large lapels on their shirts and everything like that. And you find out that, you know, you're working with two different timelines here. That last scene is what I was like, oh, this is super cute. So we're going to be seeing how this family came to be. I absolutely loved it. All right, so that was the first episode, and now I'm going to go into the uh, main characters. I'm going to talk about Kate, Kevin, Randall, and Jack and Rebecca. I'm going to start off with Kevin and then just talk about his whole his whole journey in the first two seasons Then I'm going to Kate and um, Kate and Toby and then Randall with his family and then Rebecca and Jack. So I'll start off with Kevin. All right. All right. With Kevin. Kevin to me had the least relatable storyline throughout the first two series. Um, It's least relatable to me. But um, it may be relatable to other people. I'm going to just run through him first just because um, it's not really much I can. I mean, there's some things to talk about with Kevin, but not really much. Um, Kevin, um, I'm coupling in his story with Sophie. Sophie was this chick that he grew up, him and Kate. I think it was Kate's best friend or something or friend whenever they was little. And she liked Kevin, they grew up together, they grew up dating and stuff, they got married, he cheated on her, they got divorced, and then throughout the course of the first two seasons, he got back with her. Um, That's who Sophie is. Um, she works in a hospital. That's who Sophie is. Sophie's character was not fleshed out, so I think she was just placed in the show as just kind of a catalyst to get Kevin from point A to point B. Um... Like, she really didn't matter. It was literally all of Kevin was about Kevin. Um, You know, Kevin, he, at first, he's, like, he seems like he's super self-centered and kind of an ass. He's a typical Hollywood actor, like I said. But as a kid, you see where those, um, his personality comes from. Um, He's always, he was the first one born, and they call him number one. He was number one. Um, but in the family, he was kind of the odd man out a lot. You see Kate, Kate has, um, a great relationship with her dad. Randall has a great relationship with the mom and Rand. I mean, um, Kevin doesn't really have a place to kind of fit in. Um, he feels like he gets left out a lot. And because of that, he is a dick to Randall a lot of the time. um, I think that stems from the fact that, um, you know, because Kevin, you know, he's closer with Kate, of course, because that's his literal twin. Like, they were in the same stomach together. But I think he get he got um, mad or uh, – I don't think he, he was mad. I think he kind of resented Randall, Randall uh, the attention he was getting because of the fact that, um, you know, from a child's perspective, he probably thinks – Well, Randall is the one that actually does not belong. He doesn't have a place here. I'm the one that belongs. I have a place. But still, y'all are giving him more attention than you're giving me. And so he kind of resents Randall for that. And, like, his friends make fun of – Kevin's friends make fun of Randall in school, call him Webster, and Randall doesn't stop him. And I think they get to the point, too, where, like, when they're adult, um, they mention how Kevin never – well, not considered, not never called Randall his brother. It's like like he never considered him to be his brother, even though he was. So, um, they do this whole um, episode where they're where they go to the pool, and Kate's off having her crisis, and Randall's off having a crisis, and you see Jack and Rebecca they're handling that. And Kevin, like he goes to get in the pool and for like, he gets to a point where he can't stand anymore and he starts to like almost drown. And they're like, he confronts them about that. He was like, you were doing that with her and you were doing that with him. And nobody was paying attention to me. And I almost drowned. I almost died. And so that is basically Kevin's childhood story, him feeling left out and him feeling like Randall gets the attention and that causes him to actually resent Randall as a kid. Um, Let's see here. He did quit his show, The Manny. He decided he didn't want to do that anymore, so he decides to, he's in L.A., he decides to move to New York um, to do a play on Broadway. He gets his part in the play. At first, he sucks, and then the play has a lot of issues, and they wind up getting everything together and opening night for the play. There's this huge, um, you know, critic that's supposed to be coming in, And he's like, okay, this is it. This is going to, you know, change the course of my life. And he's about to go on stage. And he calls, I think um, Randall calls him. And um, Randall's like, hey, I'm not going to make it to your play. And he just leaves the play and go goes and um, deals with Randall. He basically almost picks him up off the ground because Randall goes through some stuff and I'm going to talk about that later. But that's um one of the parts where you see where like the relationship the be- relationship between Randall and Kevin has evolved to a point where he feels like, you know, you know, that's his brother and he's going to love him and protect him as much as he would do Kate. But um, he misses that opening night. He does another show. And and Ron Howard is in the play for the second one. And he winds up getting a movie. Kevin winds up getting a movie starring in a movie with Stallone. During the shooting of the movie, he hurts his knee. We find out that's a second injury of that same knee. When he was a kid, um, he used to play football. And he was really, really good at that. Like, that might be the only. time that Jack really spent a lot of attention on Kevin was during his football career because his dad was like, you know, making scouting videos and stuff. And he's like, you know what? This is my kid. He's great, blah, blah, blah. So like that was Kevin's ticket in life. He was going to be a football player. And I think he was a senior and he was a part of the game. It was a big game and he got hit and he fucked up his knee. Doctor was like, "Um, you know, you're not going to be able to play football anymore. And so that was the end of his career, and then with him getting his um, knee injured again during the movie, and then the fact that he can't, you know, act, he can't be on the scene while he's, you know, recovering from his knee, that causes a lot of issues to come up for Kevin, and um, he decides, at first he's not going to take all the payments and stuff, he's like, I ain't going to do that, I'm just going to, like, Work and put stress on this knee that I'm trying to get to heal really fast. If I put enough stress on it, it's going to heal really fast, which doesn't make any sense to me. Um, but he starts taking his payments and then he goes through this point in his life where he gets addicted to the payments and he starts drinking a lot of alcohol. And they superimpose those episodes with Jack. Jack has an issue with alcohol when they were young. I'll talk more about that when I get into Jack. But during this time where he's, um, you know, having his addiction issues, he might he winds up fucking up his relationship with Sophie and into that, not Sophie. So that's why I say Sophie is kind of like a point A to point B type thing. She's not really important to the story, but it's just for him to hit rock bottom. And he goes to visit Randall. Kevin goes to visit Randall during this time. And um, that's when we find out something like really heartbreaking about Kate. And, you know, I think uh, Randall's going through things, but, you know, something happening over there. So he um, feels like he's like, okay, I came to visit him, but, you know, what? I don't need to be here. He leaves and we find out that Randall's daughter Tess is in the car. Uh, Kevin gets a DUI. And he goes to rehab and therapy. And they do this funny little thing because I brought up the test thing because Randall is pissed and he is, like, ready to, like, beat Kevin down because he got this DUI with his daughter in the car. And I thought they did that really nicely, funny. I, I love Sterling hay Brown; He was the bright one of the bright spots of this show. But during therapy, Kevin tells them about these insecurities he had Since he was a child. Tell him how, you know, you know, Kate always had dad and Randall always had mom because it was like mom, Kate, uh, Randall and mom, Kate and Randall there with Kevin during the therapy session. And he was like, you know, y'all never paid attention to me. And this is why I am the way I am. And they kind of do this thing where they call bullshit on his problems. It's like you really don't have problems. The problems you have are mediocre at best. And that's kind of how I feel about Randall. I mean, about Kevin. But I mean, some people might might relate to him more to me, but I didn't. But um, you know, they he go they, they go through this therapy session where things come out. Um, Rebecca says the reason why she was always with Randall is because Randall was easy. He didn't hate her and blah 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 blah. blah all this other stuff. I think there's more to that, but they wind up reconciling by the end of the episode and everybody's like, Oh, we all had a rough childhood and we love each other and we got to stick together. And then that's really the end of Kevin's arc until, um, I'll talk about whatever else goes on with him in the last episode. I'm sorry. When I talk about the season finale, but that's Kevin in a nutshell. Like I said, Kevin's storyline is kind of the most lacking, the weakest link of the whole show. Um, and it kind of plays to that whole thing like where he feels like he's an odd man out. And he kind of is the odd man out in this whole show because his story is lacking so much. Nobody really pays attention to Kevin. All right, on to Kate and Toby. So, again, like I said, we meet Kate. She's a big woman and she's struggling with that, being overweight and you know, dieting and stuff like that and she, everything she does. It doesn't seem like it's working, which I can relate to that because I have been jiggling around the same five pounds for probably the least last year, year and a half. And like I'll exercise and I try to eat right and stuff and it just never comes off. And it's like, well, what's the point? But, um, you know, I can, I can do, I can, um, understand her struggle with trying to lose weight. And she um, deals with a lot of those issues, a lot of her flashbacks um, center around her mother constantly trying to like help manage her weight and stuff like that. And, you know, sometimes you'll see young Cade like looking at her mom like her mom is so beautiful and so talented and I can't be like that. You know, I'm big. And like the the kid that plays her as a child, she's not really big, like she's not obese or anything like that you could see she's big boned or whatever and the same thing in her 10 years she's uh, her teen years she's big boned but she doesn't get big I guess until like she gets into her adult years um and um she also has a lot of issues that is tied with her dad they don't they touch on it a little bit in season one but I don't think it really comes into fruition until season two where we um deal with the whole Jack's death situation. Um, she starts dating Toby episode one. Uh, let's see here. At one point they break up cause he goes to support group and he loses some weight and he's like, cool, I'm fine. I'm not dieting anymore. And so she can't deal with dating somebody who's not dieting. So she just breaks up with him. She's like, I can't do this. Like, You know, I need to stay focused on me losing weight, and since you're not trying to do that, we can't be together. And I like how as they they finally got, you know, they wind up getting back together, and as the relationship progressed, not only was, you know, Toby eating healthier, but he, you know, was, you know, helping out and encouraging her to eat healthy as well. So I really like how that progressed to where Toby, you know, He was happy where he was, but because he loved Kate so much, he tried harder and as well was her cheerleader or whatever for her um, journey as well. So I thought that Toby is awesome. Let me just say that. Toby is like one of the perfect guys. He's funny, he's cute, but he's also very supportive and he loves so much. Like he's the one that actually got Kate to start singing because Kate has always, you know, had a voice since she was young but she never um she never pursued that part of her dream because she didn't think she was going to be as good as her mom or whatever her people were going to make fun of how she looked and stuff like that but he brought that out of her shell and was like hey babe you know you can really sing and you need to go sing in front of people and just you know start doing this so he was the one that kind of helped her along with that part of her story um i think when before they broke up toby did have a lot of issues with her spending too much time taking care of Kevin too. And so that kind of um, tags into like their relationship issues. But when they get back together, I think he gets to the point where he understands, like she doesn't um, baby Kevin as much at that point, but then he understands, you know, that's her twin and he's gonna, she's going to take care of him anyway. Um, we see that Kate keeps an urn of Jack's ashes in her apartment and I think towards the end of the first season, she makes a comment to Toby, um, like, cause they talk about the issues that she have and why doesn't she, um, why does she talk about her dad a whole lot or stuff like that. Like he, he's trying to break open that wall that she has about her dad. And she wants, she tells Toby that the reason, um, you know, it's such an issue for her because her dad's death was her fault. And that's the little bug they put in the ear until we finally see how uh, Jack dies, and it's not how you expect it. And I can't wait to talk about that. But, um, you know, then they show the scenes where she's also, you know, when she's very close to her dad. Her dad always, you know, calls her Katie girl, tells her she's beautiful and all this other stuff like that. Like, he's a really good dad to her and from, like, childhood up. And she's already, always had that very close relationship with her dad, closer than anybody. So she got, she was, she was really hit when, um, he died. Like they all were, but like it hit her hard, especially since she believes it's her fault that he died. Um, during the course, Kate and Toby get pregnant, but she doesn't want to get excited at first because she just, she's like, there's all these risks involved. I'm 36, you know, I'm a big woman. It may not happen, but Toby, she tells Toby and Toby gets her to the point to where they get really, really excited about it. And she's doing this part-time singing career where she sings at like bark mitzvahs and weddings and stuff like that. And she, um, one of the day, one day she, um, they got this baby bath that's supposed to be coming in the mail. And she's like, "Well, I want to go measure the tub and make sure it'll fit." And so she goes in the bathroom, and you hear this crash. And then she calls Toby, and then we find out she fell. Um, I guess she knocked the curtain down, fell. And she lost the baby. So it's like really, you know, they're really bummed out about this, of course. But Kate doesn't deal with it the same way. Like, Toby wants to, like, sit in front of TV with, like, snacks and shit. And just, like, come on, baby. Let's, you know, get these feelings out. And she's like, no, I'm fine. And, like, she goes to work. Halfway through um, her singing, she got something goes, like, clicks in her mind. And she kind of just starts to binge at that point. Like, that's her way of dealing with it. But she's not, you know, she's going to hide that from Toby. But she starts to binge again because that's her way of dealing with her depression over this. During this time where she's, like, all singing and then leaves and goes binge and everything like that, Toby gets this notification saying that the baby bath was coming. And he was like, well, fuck, I can't have this junk come to the house now because this is going to devastate her. So he literally goes down to, like, the warehouse, Amazon or whatever their Amazon is or whatever like that. And it's like, hey, y'all got this package. Y'all delivering it to me today. This cannot come to my house to the point where he's in the building. He's searching for this tub and everything like that. And they finally find it. And he gives the tub to the delivery guy. He's like, here, you can have it. Just to make sure that when she gets home, she doesn't see that there and, like, just breaks down. Like, he's just trying to protect her so much. And, oh, my God, I love Toby so Um, I think, um, after Kate finally breaks down and you know talks about what happened, she um talks to calls her mom and tells her, and then next thing you see, Rebecca shows up at the door. And they've always had like a rocky relationship, and it is because of you know the whole weight thing. And you know, Rebecca's just trying to do her best, she's just trying to make sure that you know. You know, when you see certain things like your child is growing up and, you know, they're a little overweight, and you're like, okay, maybe it's something I'm doing. I'm feeding her wrong or something like that. So you try to fix the situation thinking that you're the one that's messing up, but kids don't see it that way. They see it as, oh, my mom is being a hard ass. uh, She thinks I'm fat and ugly. And it's like that's not the way Rebecca was seeing it. Rebecca was like, well, I need to try to help her and not ruin her. So they have a lot of issues going back because of that, but I, I really like the the moment where, you know, Kate tells her what happened, and then Becca just shows up, and they just hug and cry, and it's just so beautiful. They have a lot of nice moments together, um, but Toby finds out that she's binging or whatever, and he kind of talks to her about it and um, gets her back on track, and that's, like, when he starts, you know, making her healthy foods and stuff like that and encouraging her and stuff like that, so that's really awesome. After she gets over the whole thing about, um, you know, <clears throat> gets over the whole thing about losing a baby, Toby kind of like, well, well, maybe not us, just have another baby. Um, let's get a dog. And at first, she's very adverse to the idea of getting a dog, and they they show you why a little bit later. But um, they wind up getting a dog, and it's a cute dog. Somewhere along the line, I'm not exactly sure when this happened because I watched this a while ago, and when I did the notes for the show, I just watched the first episode and the last episode. So, you know, with the storyline, kind of how it jumps all the time, it gets mixed up. At some point, Toby has a heart attack, and he has to, you know, go into surgery and get it fixed and stuff like that. And I think after that, he proposes to her. And so they're engaged to be married. The last episode is actually their wedding. So they're the third cutest couple on the show. Like I said, I really, really love Toby. I think Kate is a little bit more, um, she doesn't realize how much he loves her. Um, And he has to kind of reinforce that a lot. But they're, they're a cute couple. My favorite couple is Randall and Beth. Um, they're even, they top over Jack and Rebecca, and I know Jack and Rebecca has a great relationship, but Randall and Beth are my favorite couple from the show. And they have two kids. They have Tess, which is the older one, and Annie is the younger one. I'm not sure exactly what their ages are. And then I'm also going to talk about William, Randall's dad, and Deja, a kid that they adopt. All right, so... First off, we know that Randall is very successful in his adult life. He tells so much to uh, William when he meets him at the house, um, and basically, the first episode, he basically just moves William into his house, especially after he finds out he's dying. In the flashbacks, um, we see with Randall dealing. We see Randall being dealing with being bullied by Kevin a lot, and then just trying to find his place in the world. Um, he. Has a lot of issues with his father, fo- like trying to figure out where he came from. Like he's he's a black kid living in this family with these you know white family. They love him and they treat him you know perfect and everything like that. But you know he always has to has that in his mind where he's trying to think like about where he came from. Um, that same swim um where they went to the pool episode, you see. Randall, he wanted to go to that pool, that specific pool, because he knew some of his black friends go to that pool, and so he wanted to be around black people. And um, they do this whole thing where uh, Randall has, like, these razor bumps at the nape of his neck, and the black ladies like, um, one of the black moms is like, um, we know who you are. You ain't come introduce us. You got a black son, and, you know, you should be, introducing yourself to us and we need to be helping you out, which I did. I thought they came on a little strong. I don't think, um, just because, but you know, this was back in the day. This was back in the seventies, but, and, um, Rebecca took offense to that too. She was like, um, just because I'm raising him doesn't mean I need to run it by the black caucus and everything like that. You know, that's my son. He's going to be my son. He ain't nobody, but my son. So, you know, don't tell me how to raise my son, basically. And Rebecca was on point with that shit. But um, they do kind of do a couple things that kind of like they allow uh Randall to start going to that lady's house to play with her kid, and so that way he can you know be around people that looks like him. Um, there's a episode where J- Jack gets Randall into this like black dojo, but they do this really awesome thing where. Um, they, whenever they have a new kid at the dojo, they have the dad, you know, do ups while the kid's sitting on his back and it's like, do this whole speech about you're going to hold him up and, you know, you're going to protect him and all this other stuff like that. And it's really good. It's not, oh God, oof, I'm about to cry. It's really awesome. Just not for the point of, you know, seeing Jack do those things and, you know, how he feels about being Randall's father, but also the fact that the community accepted him as Randall's father and didn't treat him like an outsider or just like, you just saved this black boy or anything like that. That's one of the things I think they did really good in this show was the way that that they portrayed Jack and Rebecca as Randall's parents. Like, it never was a, you know, we come to save this little black kid type thing. They never did it for the accolades or anything like that. They treated Randall like it came, he came out of their own body. And I thought that was beautiful. They never made him feel like, except for Kevin, never made him feel like he didn't belong. Like, he never made him feel like he wasn't a part of the family. And I think um, there are certain issues where they kind of felt like... Um, You know, they felt like, well, you know, even though I believe Randall to be a part of his family and like just like blood, I do know that Randall has these issues that he deals with. So I want to be able to open those doors except for Rebecca Um, and Rebecca closed the door. Let me just say that. And I'll talk about that in a few minutes. But the relationship between those three I thought were amazing um, I'm kind of jumping around in my notes here. Let me see here. Um, all right, let me go ahead and talk about the whole, No, nope, I'm, I'm not going to do that. Okay. I'm going to go back. Okay. So back to the future or to the present, Be- um, Beth and Ramble are married. They are the cutest couple. They seem so natural together. Beth is amazing. She's an amazing actress. I mean, you would think they were married in real life, the way that their relationship is. It's very awesome, very nice. Um, the Then they have the two kids, Tess and Annie. They're mediocre actors at best. You know, they're kids, so, you know, not much to say there. But um, we do have William, who um, Randall moves into his home we find out he's dying. He used to do drugs a lot. We find out that he um, does poetry and he writes and stuff and he does music. I think he, like, played the piano. And, you know, he's a very talented guy that, um, you know, just went wrong. And they kind of go through – I like how they do this. They kind of go through Williams' backstory as well to where you know how he got to the point where he had a kid he had to give away. Like, he was um, – you know, living with his mom in where was it like Tennessee or something? I'm not even sure. New Orleans, New York? I'm not sure. But they was living together and his mom had to move out of town to go deal with her mom. And then his mom got sick and he went to move over there, deal with his mom, and his mom was like, Oh, you're so smart, you're so beautiful, you, you know, you know, handsome. You know, she always built him up to be like this Um, you know, smart and intelligent guy. And he, you know, he would ride the bus a lot and he'd be on there writing poems and stuff like that. And then one day he met this chick on the bus and they started dating. And, um, when he moved to where his mom was, I think this was after when he moved to where his mom was. And, you know, he, um, you know, was taking care of his mom and it was a guy that lived down the hall that was doing drugs. So his girl got on drugs and then his mom wound up dying And then his girl got him to do drugs to kind of cope with that. So his girl was the kind of the downfall of him. And, you know, she wound up getting pregnant and she had Randall and died shortly after giving birth. And because uh, William was in this state, he couldn't take care of Randall so he dropped him off at the fire station and they do this thing where you see Rebecca leaving with Randall at the fire station I mean at the hospital and you see William across the street he's like looking at him like okay good they look like good people that's great and he leaves and then Rebecca um let's see here all right so the whole Rebecca William Randall thing um, when Rebecca brought Randall home, she had these issues where she was not bonding with him. He wasn't latching or anything like that. So she had this kind of put off thing about her. Um, they had the three kids, well, the two kids, well, they had Kate, Kevin and Kate. And then they had the third boy that died, his name was Kyle. And so they just gave Randall that name at first. It was like, well, we'll just give him the name that we were going to give the other baby. So, um, she was having issues with that when, um, she decided she was going to go ahead and find Randall's dad, the, you know, kind of see who he was. And, you know, I don't know, like try to get some kind of guidance or something. And she met him. And then at the point he was still on drugs, but I think he was starting to get clean. And she talked to him about it just to kind of see where he was. And she was like, okay, yeah, this guy is never meeting my son. And, But she did tell him about her issues with bonding with them. And William gives uh, Rebecca a book and was like, well, you know, I know I'm never going to meet him. Can you give him this book? And, you know, it's a book of poems. It's my favorite poet or whatever like that. And she talks about how she's not bonding with, uh, at that point, Kyle. And Randall was like, well, you have to give him his own name. Like, he can't carry around this dead baby's name because that's not going to work for you. You have to give him his own name. And the book, I, I meant to look up and see what the author of the book was, but the author of the book, his name was Randall. So that's where she changed the name to. And after she changed his name, she started to um, bond with him more and everything like that. And it wound up being her favorite. I put that in quotes, but I believe that's her favorite. Um, But Beth was hanging out with William one day, and William started quoting this poem, and, you know, Beth finished it. And um, William was like, oh, how do you know about that poem? She was like, oh, it's in this old book that um, Randall had since he was a kid. And William was like, oh, yeah, I remember I gave that to Rebecca. And Beth was like, wait a minute, what? And he was like, "Uh, oh, I wasn't supposed to say anything. And, you know, I think this was around Christmas or something like that. And, um, Beth was like, well, y'all have to tell Randall cause like y'all can't keep the secret away from, him. um, the fact that, you know, he could have met his dad this whole time. You can't keep the secret away from him. So, um, it's around Christmas or whatever. And Randall decides he's gonna, and I know, and I know I'm getting really in deep with this, but this is a very like important part of his story. Randall, um, went back to William's house to get some, like, music or something that um, William wanted, and he found an old picture of himself when he was 10 years old. We find out that Rebecca went back to meet William, and at this point William had cleaned himself up and everything like that. He was doing really well. She brought the picture of Randall was like, here, this is what your son looked like, and gave him the picture. And William got to the point where he was like, oh, man, i like to meet him, and, I, you know, I wrote this book for him. Can you give it to him and all this other stuff like that? And Rebecca just bailed. She's like, no, you're not going to meet him. Like, because he was doing well. And I think this was at the same point where they knew that Randall was looking for, you know, a place. He was looking for his identity. Like, Randall had this, like, little notebook where he was, like, every black person he met, he was checking them off. Like, okay, I met this person, but, you know, that's not my dad. I met this person, but they're not my dad. So that that was a point where Randall was going through this thing where he wanted to meet who where he came from and Rebecca was like, No. He find she found out that William was doing good and she got afraid that he was gonna take it away. Jack never knew anything about William. But when Randall went to the house to go get those tapes from William for William, he found the picture and he came back and he found out the fact that Rebecca knew about William, and they could have met the whole time. Like, he got pissed. He was dumb, Rebecca, at this moment. He was mad at um, William, but he knew, you know, William wasn't really the one. It was, you know, Rebecca that kind of pushed him away. Um, And he was mad at her for a long time until, like, he... Like, they were going to sell the family cabin, and they went over there, and he got high off of mushrooms, and he started having these hallucinations of his dead dad, and he kind of got to the um, point where he realized that she was just protecting him, and, and, you know, they made back up or whatever. Uh, Let's see here. So Randall throughout this whole time, he's having a tough time juggling work and William because, like, he's taking William to the doctor. He's like, okay, we're going to get you this doctor. This doctor is going to find a cure. You're not going to die on me. You're going to live. So he's trying all these things to kind of make sure William, you know, he doesn't die all of a sudden. Like, he lengthens out his life. But then he's also trying to work as well, and he's getting to the point where, like, the boss is, like, giving his work to other people and stuff like that, and, you know, Randall's not really having it. So he's trying to do both. He's trying to excel in both, and he pushing himself so hard till he eventually has a panic attack, and that's the night of Kevin's play, op- play opening. And, you know, he calls Kevin, and he's like, hey, Kevin, I'm not going to be able to make it to your show. I'll see you later. Bye. And that's all he really says. And then Kevin, he's on his phone, and he's like, oh, shit, this dude is having panic attack. Like, he just knew that Randall wasn't doing well. So he left the show and ran all the way out there. And then, like, Randall's sitting there balled up in a corner on the floor crying. And, like, this is something that Randall has been doing since he was a kid. He's always had panic attacks because he tried to do everything so perfectly. He put so much on him that he starts to have panic attacks and crying and he doesn't know how to handle himself. And Jack would usually put his hands on the sides of his head and some um, just breathe, just breathe, just breathe. And um, they actually um, called that back to when William was eventually dying and he was in a hospital and he was, like, you know, just about to die. And then Randall puts his hands on the sides of William's head and tell him to just breathe. And it was really sad and it was, like, Oh, oh my God, heartbreaking. But um, I love that that scene where Kevin goes and like he just knows there's something up with Randall, and he goes and helps him out. So I thought that was pretty freaking awesome. Um, let's see here, where am I at? Do, 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 do. So William did die, and that same night, I think, like at the funeral, um, his company Randall's company sends him like a basket of oranges or something like sorry about your death or what or your um, loss and Randall gets pissed off and he goes to the office he was like you know what I've been working for, for y'all for like 20 years or 10 years or whatever like that and y'all send me a basket of oranges that's it he was like you know what fuck y'all keep this job I'm done and he quits his job and so then Beth goes back to work So while Randall's sitting at home kind of doing nothing, he decides, hey, I want to have another kid. And Beth was like, uh, no, I just got back to work. We're not having another kid. So they go to this old thing where they decide they're going to adopt a kid. And um, then, you know, they decide they're going to foster an older kid. And they get this girl, Deja, who's been bounced around uh, foster homes a lot. Um, her mother was a teen mother. She had a lot of things going on with herself and then she got caught up, got pregnant. It happens. Um, and you know, they were living with Deja's grandmother and then Deja's grandmother died and then everything kind of started to go downhill because of that. Um, Deja's mom got into a bad relationship and she ended up going to jail for this dude, like for something she didn't do. And, um, Deja, you know, her, like, cause this constantly happened while she was with her mom. So her, like, it was one time where Deja was trying to cook dinner and she cut her finger. Like it wasn't really where the mom was intentionally being bad or anything like that. It's just like the circumstances the mom was in caused the trouble. Like Deja, her mom was going to work during the day and, you know, Deja was trying to cook dinner for her mama. And she sliced her hand open, and that shit looked, oh, it looked like that girl really sliced her hand open. That just looked real. But she had to go to the hospital, and the mom, she was off, you know, doing stuff. Because, you know, when you have kids young, you still kind of want to still enjoy your youth, but you can't really do that. And so um, that, I think that was the first time where Deja was put in foster care because, like, you left your daughter home alone, and now she's in a hospital with her freaking hand sliced open and so it's a couple like instances like that that keeps Deja going back and forth into foster care and so to where she's kind of got this hardened look at that whole system and so she winds up at um uh Randall and Beth's house living there at first she's kind of Adjust not having a hard time adjusting. She doesn't want to get too close to these people, and then she has to, you know, be bounced somewhere else, or they're, like, you know, they're dangerous people, or anything like that. Like, one point, she asked the girls, like, well, what happens if you get in trouble? Do you get a spanking? And it was, like, no. Like, you get your iPad taken away. And she was, like, oh, okay. So, it's, like, she's not used to being in the house like that. And, um, at one point, like, she does, like, things to defy them and stuff like that. Like, um, her hair, she's not doing anything to her hair, but, um, Beth realizes, like, you know, her hair is falling out, alopecia, she gets stress-related alopecia, so, you know, she was like, well, I'm gonna fix your hair up nice, so nobody can tell, and all this other stuff like that, and then Beth winds up telling, talking to Randall about it, and then Randall talks to Deja about it, and Deja's like, oh, she told you everything, and then just cuts all her hair off. Um, I like it, because, like, now she got that, like, the big chop thing going on, and it looks really cute on her. Um, but, you know, that was kind of something that happened. Um, but, you know, she starts to she starts to let her guard down and everything like that, and everything starts to go well. You know, her and Randall gets really, really close, and then um, her mom shows up, and she's like, I'm out of jail, and I'm coming to get my baby back. And Randall's like, uh, no, like Randall and Beth was like, no, you know, she's not going back in that situation where, you know, you wind up in jail in the first place. Like she don't need to go back to that. She's here. She's thriving and everything like that. We want to keep her. But of course, you know, they can't. So uh, Deja goes back to live with her mom, but things are not actually better. Like at some point, like, for some reason, I guess she's still trying to support this dude that landed her in jail anyway, and so she's not paying her bills, and they get kicked out of their apartment, and they're living in the car. So um, Randall and Beth are out one day, and they decide they want to go check up on her. And when they get over there, she's not in the apartment. Somebody said it; they, they don't live there anymore, and they're leaving, and they see her sleeping in the car, and they're like, oh, no, you can't be sleeping on the street. Come stay with us. So while they're back there... Um, at the Randall's house, Deja's mom is just watching and seeing how, like, happy Deja is and how she's bonding with everybody. And she's like, you know what? She's better off with y'all than she is with me, so I'm just going to leave her with you guys. And then she decides to give up her parental rights. Um, let's see here. That affects um, Deja, and it really comes to head in the last episode. I'm going to talk about that later. So, um, throughout all of this, Tess, the older daughter of um, Randall, she's, like, seeing, like, William came into her life, and then he died. And then now we get Deja, and we got used to Deja. And now Deja left. and Like, so she's going through this thing with people coming in their lives. So she is starting to um, – that was the whole reason why she was in Kevin's car. Like, she was trying to run away from home or whatever. Um, it's not really super fleshed out, but – She's supposed to be going through these issues of, you know, I don't I don't know, like instability, I guess. I don't know. Um, and when she grows up, we actually, she's the only, her and Randall are the only people we see in the future. And we see that she decided to be a social worker when she grows up. And they kind of touch on that just a teeny tiny bit. They really don't expand on that at all. But, um, that is the Randall (coughs) storyline. All right, now, Jack and Rebecca and Miguel. First of all, I just want to say that Jack is a freaking superhero. He's a superhero. Oh, my God. He is not only the best husband you can ever have. He is the best father that you can have. And he's just, ama- he's just an amazing person. He has so much, or had, I guess I need to talk about him in passive, had so much heart. And there, I mean, oh my God, he is the best dad on TV. Like, Joe West was the best dad on TV. <laughs> Joe West is the best black dad on TV. Jack Pearson is the best white dad on TV. Let me just say it like that. <laughs> Jack Pearson is an awesome dude. He is a freaking superhero. Um, he has this best friend, Miguel, that he kind of grew up with, um, worked with, and everything like that. That's who Miguel is. Um, you could see the love for Jack and Rebecca kind of emanating. It's not that they don't have like the perfect relationship, because they do have fights and everything like that. But their relationship seems really real, because that's what happens in real relationships. Um, they actually met by happenstance. Like He was supposed to be on a blind date with somebody. She was supposed to be on a blind date with somebody. Both of those dates didn't work out, and they wind up meeting where she was singing in this bar or whatever like that, and that's how they met, and they got together. Um, growing up, Jack was a construction worker, but he had dreams to own his own company. However, he kept putting those dreams on hold for the sake of his family. Like It got to the point where he was doing his desk job to kind of take care of the family because they had triplets. They had three kids to raise And he was like, okay, now's the time to go ahead and, you know, quit this job and start my own construction company. And he's like, it's like the day he's thinking about doing this. And then he finds out that Randall is super freaking smart and he's smarter than everybody in his school. So he has a chance to go to a private school. And, of course, private school means money so he put his dream on hold yet again so Randall can have a better chance of life so I thought that was really awesome again like I said Rebecca and Jack never treated Randall like he wasn't a part of the family like he wasn't their biological son they just had so much love for the kids it's freaking ridiculous they are the perfect parents um Jack always strived to be the best father that he could. Like, we find out in season one that Jack died while the kids were teens, and that just kind of, like, every waking moment, you're waiting for the shoe to drop. You're waiting for it to happen. And they kind of do a fake out, which I'm going to talk about in a little bit. But you're always waiting for this to happen, and when it does happen, it's like, it doesn't happen the way you expect it should have it happened. It's just, um, it's, it's crazy. <laughs> um, and, you know, we find out, again, early in the season that Rebecca and Miguel wind up getting married. But then we find out later that it wasn't a fair or anything like that. They got together well after Jack died. Like, she was already in her old people makeup when Jack died. Um, so let me talk about this fake out for Jack's death. All right. Jack, he find out that he's had a drinking problem. He's always had a drinking problem. It's always kind of been an issue, but he kept a handle on it. Like I said, he's the perfect dad and the perfect husband. He had so much of a handle on it, but that they didn't really know he was dealing with this problem, this, uh, drinking problem. And I think that's one of the things that Kevin kind of picked up his addiction from. He was like, oh, dad had an addiction, so I guess I'm going to have an addiction too. And I say it like that, but Kevin's addiction, like the way he went through the addiction, went to rehab, and then he was over it. It was so freaking brief that it seemed like a phase more than a problem. But, you know, Jack's was like something that was years in the making, and it was actually a problem. And they did have um, this uh, big fight about it. They had this huge fight, him and um, Jack and Rebecca, um, where they was like, she told Jack, you cannot be drinking anymore. You have to stop. You have to stop this. And then like Becca, she starts singing in nightclubs. Like at the, when they were younger, she saw her. She used to sing in a bar and everything like that. So singing was always her passion. But since she had the triplets, she's just been a mom. She's just been at home. She hasn't really done anything to pursue that. So she met up with um, one of her old friends, and she started um, singing. They they formed a band, and she was singing in clubs and stuff with this band. And um, she gets the opportunity. They said, okay, you know what? We're going to get this record deal, and we're going on tour. We're going on tour to sing and everything like that. We're going to be huge, you know? And Jack finds out that this dude that got her in the group, back in this group, is her ex-boyfriend. So he's like, I don't like that. He, you know, not only he didn't want her leaving because basically she took care of the house and the three kids, he's like, I don't know how I'ma do this. You know, woman's place is in the house, you know, it was back in those times. And the fact that he found out that she was gonna be touring with her ex-boyfriend, he was like, Fuck no, you ain't doing that shit. And, but so they had this huge argument about it to where she was like, you know what? I'm going on this tour. You're going to be happy about it. You're going to be fine. And fuck you. And she leaves. And so the kids see this fight or whatever like that. And, um, he, uh, that night Jack drops, uh, the kids off at this party or whatever. And Kate, you know, stays to talk to him. She was like, you love mom. You don't want to leave it like this. You definitely, you absolutely want to fix this. I need you to fix this. I need you to go to her show, which is, like, just the next town over, and apologize to her and fix this. And so he's like, yeah, whatever, whatever. And Kate gets out of the car. So Kate's sitting at home. I mean, Jack's sitting at home, and he's doing a lot of drinking and everything like that. And then he winds up calling Kate. He's like, you know what? You're right. I'm going to fix this. I'm going to go meet your mother. And he asks the parents where the kids are staying. was like, hey, can the kids just stay the night there or whatever? So, Jack, still drinking, and drinking while he's driving, he goes to this show to go see Rebecca. This whole time, I'm like, this is it. This is it. Jack finna die, y'all. Jack finna die. Because, like, Kate already said it was her fault, and she gonna be like, oh, I told my daddy to go fix it. He was driving drunk. He had in a car accident. Jack finna die. I'm like, oh, man, here it come. Here it come. I'm bracing myself. I'm bracing myself to, for the tears to come and all the stuff like that. But well, Jack makes it to the bar. <laughs> he makes it to the bar or, or the club, wherever she's singing. They have a fight about it there. And she, and she drives him home. And she's like, you have to go to rehab and you have to leave this house. And they wind up splitting up for a quick moment. And, um... Rebecca has a lot of issues too, like going back with her mom. Uh, she didn't have a great relationship with her mom. Jack didn't really have a great relationship with his father either. So, like a lot of their, uh, their pr- parent drama, we don't really get to see a lot because they're kind of estranged. Like, what do you call it? Estranged from their family. We do um meet the mom in one episode, and. She, it's this whole thing where she, um, her mom's kind of one of those, uh, clueless people. And she, um, she gets, uh, Kate this, uh, costume or whatever, but it's a little too small. And so grandma's like, oh, you know, we'll work it out. You'll fit into that dress. And Rebecca's like, no, please don't tell her that. We'll just, you know, we'll let it out so you can fit it or whatever. And. You know, she gives, um, tells um, Kevin, oh, you know, your pretty face, you're going to use that face to be famous. And I was like, why don't you tell the kid he's smart and he might be in books and stuff. But no, of course, he is famous because of his face. And then you have Randall where every Christmas she gives him a football or a basketball or something like that. Like, hey, you're going to be a football star you're gonna be a basketball star and like randall's not even into sports like that he's super smart and um what's her name um like randall always wants to like impress grandma and stuff like that but grandma's just like staying offish to him and rebecca is looking all this at all this stuff and she's taking account and she's like bitch you racist and she's like, no, I'm not racist. And she, like, brings up all these instances, like, oh, we was going to that church, and we got a black preacher, and you moved, and, you know, all this other stuff. She's like, you're super racist. And Randall hears this. And so they sit Randall down. He was like, how is Grandma racist? And they kind of talk about stuff. And they they bring up Martin Luther King. And he's just like, oh, my God, Grandma shot Martin Luther King. <laughs> and he was like, no, 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 it's nothing like that. There's nothing like that, but, like, they kind of go through this whole uh, racism thing, and she told her, her her mom, she was like, you either g- need to sh- ship up or ship out, basically. You need to change the way you are or you never see my kids again. And grandma kind of changes or whatever like that. And um, it's really good. Um, but Jack, um, later on, after the fight and everything like that, this is when the kids are teenagers. He goes into rehab, and he's trying to do better. One night, the house catches on fire. And we're like, oh, shit, Jack going to die in a fire. Because what they do is the episode before they show the actual fire, they show um, Rebecca coming back from the hospital. Like, she's driving her car, but you see, like, uh, some personal effects in hospital, you know, the little bags or whatever like that. And you see the house is burnt down, and you see Kate crying and stuff like that. It was like, oh, this is what Jack dies. Jack dies in a fire. So I was like, okay, cool. So I'm thinking maybe he failed at rehab, and he was drinking, left the pot on the stove, and burnt the house down and died in the fire, blah, 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 blah. No, that's not what happened. That's not what happened. So... Jack is they're in the house, and I think it's Super Bowl Sunday, and all the kids don't want to hang out with Daddy in Super Bowl Sunday. Oh, Kate has a dog. Kate has a dog, a little puppy or whatever like that. I forget his name, but she has a dog at this point. They're teenagers. Um, But, you know, all the kids go do what they, you know, want to do. I think um, Kate and Randall stay at home, but um, Kevin goes to, like, his girlfriend's house or something like that. So, um, you know it's a good thing. and then at the point, you know, Jack's like, hey, you know what? We should start our our business. We should start, I think it's time. I think it's time for me to start my um, own construction business and I want you to be with me and everything like that. So it's really cute and everything like that. And so you know, you know the shoe and drop. And so, um, Jack's cleaning up. he tells uh, Rebecca, go to bed. I you know I'll clean up. He's cleaning up and everything like that, and he finished cleaning up, and he turns off the Crock-Pot, and he, like, sets this towel right next to the Crock-Pot. Well, this Crock-Pot is old, and they do this thing where, like, they show this old couple who's moving out of the house, and, like, who is these people? Like, they never really explain who the people were until this moment where you see the uh this old dude, he's moving out. He's like, hey, I got this old Crock-Pot. We're not going to need it. Do you want it? He gives them the Crock-Pot. Well, crock pot is faulty. Um, Jack, you know, he cleans up, he turns off the crock pot and throws the towel down. He's like, okay, good night. And you see the crock pot sparking and it hits the towel and it basically lets the whole fire on. I um, mean, the house on fire. So we're like, okay, this is the night. This is when it happens. So um, Jack finds out it's a fire. He gathers all the kids in a room to the point where, like, he goes, like, Kate's all the way down the hall. He has to go all the way down the hall and get Kate. He has this mattress to keep them, like, you know, from getting burned. He's burning his hands and everything like that. And it's like, oh, my God, are they going to get out? And so he makes a like, rope out of the, the sheets, and they climb up off the roof because they all on the second story. And they get down, and Kate's like, hey, wait, my dog is still in the house. I'm like, oh, shit. All right. So he He's like, Rebecca's like, no, you can't go back. Because, like, the whole downstairs is, like, roaring fire. And they climb through the upstairs window. So she's like, no, forget the dog. Just come down here, Jack. You don't have time. He was like, but that's Katie, girl. That's my favorite child. So I have to go get her dog. So he goes back in to get the dog. And then you see, like, explosion of fire in the house. And I'm like, oh, this is why how Kate, I mean, how... He dies, and that's why it's Kate's fault. We get it, right? Right? Jack's dead, right? Right? No, Jack ain't dead. Jack ain't dead. Um, he makes it out of the house with the dog, and I'm like, oh, I'm gonna need y'all to stop faking me out because this is killing me. He makes it out of the house with the dog. Um, he's coughing, but he's fine, and they get to the hospital because of like the smoke inhalation, inhalation. Um. And the doctor checks him out, and he's like, "Oh, you know what? You just got a little bit of smut in your in your lungs. You'll be fine. You know, everything'll be okay." So he's joking around with Becca, and he's like, "Hey, can you go get me some? I'm starving. Can you go get me something out the vending machine? Nothing with caramel and nuts or whatever like that." And she's like, "Okay, cool. I'll go do that." And she goes to the vending machine, and the only thing they have in there is like a Snickers or something. She's like, "Ha oh, ha! He's gonna hate me. All they got is a Snickers." And you know, as she's at the vending machine or walking to the vending machine, you're seeing all this chaos going on behind her head and everything's just going crazy, but she's in her own little world. <clears throat> so she gets to the uh, machine and she gets the candy bar out of there making jokes how he's going to not going to like it and stuff like that. And she turns around and the doctor, there, the doctor is there and he is like, um, uh, Mrs. Pearson, I'm sorry, Jack died. And she's looking at him and she's like, what are you talking about? Do you not remember? I'm the lady you just talked to. He was in the room. You talked to me and Jack. That was me. You're mistaking me for somebody else. And he was like, no, 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 ma'am. I need you to listen. Jack's dead. Your husband is dead. And she, they do this thing where Kate is, I mean, Becca is just sitting there. And she's just staring at him. And she opens up the candy bar. And she takes a bite. And she's like, no, nah, no, you, you got the wrong person. And she gets up and she runs to the room, not even runs. She like walks to the room and she's like, Jack, Jack, this doctor is crazy. He's telling me all this stuff. Like Jack, come on. And she gets to the room and she sees that he's dead. And I, her heart broke. My heart broke. Waterworks, tears, everything. I was like, are you freaking kidding me? Like first, Jack could have died in a car crash from him drinking. No. Jack could have died in the fire. But no. You just going to hit me at this moment where, like, I wasn't even expecting it. Jack dies just all of a sudden. And, like, when I tell you, because, like, the first two ones are tropes. Like, he could have died, like, right then and there. And then the fact that they kind of hit you unexpectedly, you kind of feel like Rebecca in that moment, like, Uh, no, he was just fine. What are you talking about? And then he's dead. And then it's just like, oh, my God. It was so emotional. It was so crazy. And um, they go through the whole thing with uh, them dealing with the funeral and stuff like that. And Kate's like, it's all my fault. I told him to go in there to get the dog and the smell collation, and that's why he died. I think um, her and Becca goes through this thing where she tells Rebecca, it is not your fault. It's just something that just happened. You got to let go of this. It's not your fault. I think it's when she's an adult. I'm not sure. But um, that's basically all the, all the stories leading up to the final episode. And I'll go ahead and get into the final episode because this is running really long. And I'm just going to kind of hit points again. Hopefully I don't get into too much explanation, but let's go. All right, so the final episode, this is the wedding. This is Toby and Kate's wedding. We've always been leading up to this. Um, the episode starts off with this dream sequence of Jack and Rebecca renewing their vows. And we know it's a dream sequence because they're both old. And we know that Jack died when the kids were teenagers. So this is not something that's really happening. This is just some kind of dream sequence. Um, they are Jack, I'm sorry, Kate and Toby are getting married at the family cabin. So it's all set there. Uh, Let's see here. Kate is um, really in her head about her dad. She's like, oh, you think dad, uh, you know, Mines is having a wedding here. And uh, like, she's really in her head about her dad. Um, She uh, makes it a point to say that when they were at the pool, that pool episode, I don't think I talked about what was going on with her. At the pool episode, Um, she had this two piece, uh, bathing suit that she just loved, but you know, she was kind of a thick little girl. And so she went to go to her show off her friends. She was like, Hey friends, look at my two piece. Isn't it so cute? And they looked at her and they were like, um, I don't, we don't want you playing with us anymore. And they wrote on this napkin that Kate's a cow or something like that. And so Kate was going through this whole thing where she was like, Oh my God, I'm at this pool with this two piece and my friends don't want to play with me because I'm a fat cow. Like she's going, this is going through her mind. And so Jack is the one that kind of helps her out with that. He's like, you know, you're not a fat cow. You're fine. And he has on like this crazy little shirt. I forget what, what the shirt was, but he has on this, like not crazy, but it's just like this um, T-shirt that he said he got off of a hippie and he gave her the T-shirt to cover up and tell her like, you're beautiful. Don't let, you know, anybody tell you you're not and everything like that. So for Kate's wedding, she um wanted to use that t-shirt as her something old. And but Toby forgot the pack t-shirt. So um and at this point Toby is off picking up his parents from the airport. So Kate is on a mission to find something to replace his shirt and she elicits Randall and Kevin to uh, find something to replace the shirt. Um actually I should have did Kate last. But um that's fine. Cuz I got this broken up between um a couple different sections, but that's fine. I'll do Kate right now. Um but yeah, um she's going through this thing while well, she's trying to find something to replace uh the shirt cuz she wants something of her dad at this wedding to replace his shirt. Um, she has his ashes there and Urn. Urn is on like the table where people sign the book or whatever like that. But she's like trying to find something else. She goes to this old ice cream shop that they used to go to while they were at the cabin. She's like, well, maybe if I get like his favorite ice cream and I just carry that in a cup down there with me or something like that. But when she goes to the ice cream shop, it's changed. It's like this new, um, new, um, whatever, uh, what? what are you- it's like this, she goes to the ice cream shop and it's like this new artisanal thing and they don't even have the ice cream that she's looking for. And she's like, Oh God, that's not going to work. So, um, she, um, she goes off and tries to figure out something else during this time. You know, Toby, he went to go pick up his parents from the airport and, You know, that's when they call about the T-shirt. Did you pack the T-shirt? He's like, oh, no, I didn't pack the T-shirt. And the parents are like, "Um, it sounds like it's just a T-shirt. He's like, no, it's not just a T-shirt. This is very important. So at this point, the parents are like, "Um, Kate is too high strung for you. And she's not worth all the trouble. And they mention how after Toby, because Toby was married previously, after that marriage fell apart, how much he was in, like, he was in a severe depression. And he was like, we don't want to see that happen for you again. So we don't think you should marry Kate. And this is like, this, at this point, this is on his wedding day. Like, he's getting dressed to get married. And he was like, no, I love Kate. She's the one for me. You know, this is going to happen. And You either, you know, you get on board or you can go. Because if you're going to tell me I can't marry her, then, you know, I don't need y'all in my life. Because I love Kate to death. And, you know, she go. She has some issues, but her issues are grounded in something real. It's not about, you know, just stupid little things. Like, she got some shit going on, and y'all can't talk about my my future wife like that. And he basically tells them, to like, go. But they wind up staying for the wedding and whatever. They was like, okay, he loves her, and they stay for the wedding. Um, Let's see here. Rebecca goes through this whole thing where she doesn't want to ruin Kate's day. They still having this thing where she feels like Kate hates her and stuff like that. And her and Kate talk, and she tells, um she tell Kate tells her that. She, oh no, this Rebecca goes through this whole thing where she doesn't want to ruin Kate's day because she has this whole thing with Kate where. She feels like everything she says, everything just breathing sets off Kate. And so um, she's calling her while Kate's off trying to find something to replace her dad. And um, Kate tells her about this dream sequence she keeps having about um, them renewing Rebecca and Jack renewing their vows and how it's all perfect in the way it should be. And Rebecca asks him, well, oh, that's so funny. What was Toby doing at this point? And, Kate was like, Toby wasn't in it. And so Kate starts freaking out, and Rebecca's like, oh, shit. Um, I didn't mean to say that. It's fine if Toby's not in it and whatever like that. But that gives Kate, like, this thing where she, like, has to figure out what's going on. So it's this uh, – she revisits this little stump that they do um, that her and Jack visit. Kate revisits the stump that her and Jack visit one day when, you know, they were, she was going through this whole, uh, you know, fat – crisis thing and he was like telling her how she beautiful she was and he was like she was like don't tell me I'm beautiful anymore because I'm not he was like no baby you're the most beautiful girl in the world or whatever like that so there she's sitting on the stump and she has her dad's urn and she's kind of talking to him she's like you know I don't know why Toby's not in the dreams he should be in a dream I love Toby he's the best guy ever and she told him uh, basically I have to make room in my heart for Toby and then she like gets the urn uh, out and does something. They don't really show what she does, but then um, she goes back to the wedding. Um, her and her mom reconcile. Kate tells her how much she um, envies her. That's the whole reason why she was so off-putting to her, because she envies her and she wanted to be her, and she couldn't. And, um, like, her mom was her hero, basically, like that. And they cry and hug and stuff like that. Then they um, cut to the beautiful wedding, and Kate, she has, like, this container... Um, uh, attached to her flowers, that's holding Jack's ashes, or the flowers were tied around his ashes. I'm not exactly sure. I couldn't. I tried to watch it a couple times to see what it was, but I couldn't really see it. But basically, and then they superimpose this with her when um Kate was younger. And she asked her father, she was like, um, Daddy, can I marry you? And he laughs. And he was like, oh, you can't marry me. But one day you're going to find a guy who's better than me, that who loves you, and he's, who's great to you, and, you know, I'm going to be there. I'm going to walk you down the aisle. So this is kind of him walking down the aisle, having his ashes with her, you know, flowers as she's walking down the aisle. So that's kind of cute. Um, they have the reception. Everybody's happy. Kevin does this toast thing where – he um has the four of them Kevin, Kate, uh Randall and uh Rebecca do this excel thing he's like i think at one point where he's during his addiction or something like that uh Kate tells Randall he has to deal with i mean i'm sorry Kate tells Kevin that he has to deal with his father's death like because Kevin never really dealt with it and she said if you don't deal with it it's like you holding on taking a deep breath of air and holding on to it and never letting it go so Kevin does this whole thing in his toast where he was like I think the four of us need to exhale and kind of just let go of the frustration and the grief and everything like that And so they do this cute little scene where they just exhale and just let go of everything and um let's see here uh, da, 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 da. Randall and Kevin's little uh, exploits in this episode. They are the wedding coordinators, so that's kind of funny at sometimes. Um, Randall and Kevin, they're looking for replacements for the shirt, and they can't find anything, and then they realize, you know, Kate tells them she was gone, and she's gone for a while, so they decide, okay, we need to go find Kate. So they go out and find Kate, look for Kate, and Randall, uh, Randall brings up, so he's like, oh, well, when me and Beth are like, you're, you know, Frazzled, but like do this thing called uh the worst case scenario game where you just say the the worst thing that can ever happen and it kind of like brings you back to reality. And so they do this whole thing, and then while they're doing this, they realize how they both kind of failed at being Kate's brothers. Like Kevin's, like, she was so busy taking care of me that you know she wasn't taking care of herself. And Randall's like, Well, you know, I met this woman and it had kids, and I just stopped, you know. Communicating with my sister, or whatever, like that. So, they both realize how they failed at being brothers, but then you know they find her, and everything is a okay. And uh, let's see here. Then we have Deja. Deja, of course, is living with um, Randall and Beth and all of them now, but he's she's kind of be like a little brat now. Because of the fact that her mother decided that she wants to give up all parental rights. And, I mean, that's understandable. Like, your mom just telling you that I don't want you anymore. You should stay with these people. And Deja, even throughout all the stuff that was going on between her and her mother, she always loved her mother. Like, she loved her mother and wanted to see her mother doing better. But, you know, her mom kept bugging up or whatever. But, and then, and at this point now, she just basically said, I don't want you anymore. You stay with these people. This is what what's going on in Deja's mind. So Beth's sister's there. She's a photographer for the wedding, and Beth tells her, "Can you please talk to this girl, and um, see if maybe, see if maybe um, you can help her out? Like, like she is just being a bitch right now. Can you just help? You know, fix what's going on?" And so the girl, um, Beth's sister, I I don't know her name, but she talks to Deja about. Being adopted. She's like, Beth's not really my sister. We're cousins. And when we were young, my mom decided she didn't want me no more. So she pushed me on to Best Family. And at that point, like, I, you know, I didn't want to be there. I was being mean to them for no reason at all. And then one day I just t- forgot to hate the people that love me and told her basically not to push away the people that love you. These people love you. Don't push them away. Embrace them. Because, yeah, your mom gave you up, but you know, you got these other people that love you and want to see you doing well, and it makes no sense to kind of push them away. So after the talk, Deja decides to go ahead and put on her dress and enjoy herself at this wedding. And it's during the reception, and Toby's mom comes up to the girl. She was like, oh, you must be Randall's kids. And she looks at... Um, Tessa and Annie, she's like, oh, you guys look just like your mom, and then turns to Deja and was like, but you, you look just like your dad, and for some reason, this kind of triggers Deja, and she goes out to gets a bat and goes out and kind of busts up Randall's car for some reason. I don't know why, but I hope, I'm pretty sure they're going to get more into that in season three. Um, The last scene or the very ending of the episode um Randall's up there and he's doing his whole speech about not being able to control the future he's like I'm very controlling and I thought I can control everything but you can't control the future you know things happen blah 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 and so they kind of do a fast forward where you see like where their lives have taken them um you see Kevin he's on a plane to Vietnam with Beth's cousin sister apparently they are dating now I'm not sure where that's going You see Toby, Toby, sweet, sweet Toby, is stuck in a catatonic depressive state, and we don't know why. And I want to know why he's so depressed. And you see um, Kate's there, and she's like, you know, baby, you know, the doctor's going to fix your meds and everything like that. So it's not anything to where, like, she's not, like, she did something, and now he's depressed. It's something else. And I want to know why, because Toby's so sweet, and why is he so depressed? Hmm. So I'm looking forward to seeing that storyline pan out. Um, uh, that's when, um, during the speech, we see Deja busting up the car. And then we see adult Tess, who is become the social worker, and old Randall. They're talking about going to see someone, but they're not ready. Like, Randall's like, it's time to go see her. And Tess is like, I'm not ready. He's like, I'm not either. So I don't know what they're talking about at this point. And I'm, but the fact that it's superimposed or it's like right after we see Deja busting up the car – you think it has to do with Deja, like Deja's in jail or something like we got to go see her. But then, you know, during these scenes with, you know, adult Tess and Orlando, it's just them two. So we don't see Beth, we don't see Annie or anything like that. So we don't know if it's something to do with them as well. I don't know, but I'm guessing they're going to go more into that into season three. And that is the end of that. It's, <laughs> it's a long episode, but. That is everything. And so again, my rating for This Is Us is a five out of five. If you've listened this far, hopefully you've already enjoyed the show. If not, you are a crazy person. But I recommend you to still watch the show because there's a lot of things that I left out. A lot of scenes that are kind of pivotal that I just didn't get into. And my words just do not do justice for how great this show is. You have to watch it. To kind of just see. And like I said, there's a lot of flashbacks and everything like that. And they, you know, they match it up to like, you know, the theme that's going on in the episode or whatever. And they just slowly reveal all the backstory and all the, you know, anchoring points for each of these people. And it's just amazing. So I do recommend just go ahead and... Um, Watch the show because it is amazing. I cannot wait till season three comes out. I got into this like really, really late, but man, it is so worth it. All right. So if you have not already, go ahead and like my Facebook page or leave a comment at facebook.com slash tell If I remember during the week before the podcast episodes, I'll post trailers or clips for what's coming up next. So make sure to check that out. The next one I am definitely going to do is... Um, Westworld. Westworld season two premieres tomorrow. So I am definitely, definitely, definitely if you're listening to this on Sunday, then it comes out today. But I'm definitely definitely gonna do a reaction um pot on that. And then we have the handmaiden's tale comes out that Wednesday. So I'm gonna do a podcast on that. And then we have Infinity War coming out on Friday. And I'm going to try my best to get in there to see it this weekend. I have a lot of stuff going on. I mean, not this weekend, next weekend or the next weekend coming. I'm going to try to get in and see that the same weekend. But as soon as I see that, I'm going to go ahead and do a review for that. So those are the next three to look forward to. Um... Let's see here. You can also follow or tweet at me at K Watch and Tell. Um, if you like the show, please subscribe to the show to get new episodes when they drop. You can also share it out to get more people listening. If you really like my show, I think my most listened to episode right now is uh, Kingsman 2, which is, hmm, okay. That one's got a lot of downloads for some reason, but that is my most listened to episode. Um, but, you know, if you like this one, um, share it out. Tell people not all episodes are this long. This one was long for a reason. Um, but, you know, with Westworld coming back, I'm going to start doing weekly ones on that one. So you might start to get more than one a week, depending on what's all out. Um Thank you for listening to this episode of Kale's Watch and Tell. Please check back next week for, or I'm sorry, actually Monday. The new episode is going to drop on Monday. So see you then for that one. All right, later. Thank you for listening. Bye.